Welcome to the Grace-Filled Food Freedom Podcast. In this podcast, you can expect to be inspired and equipped to ditch diets, eat well, and let your light shine. Every time you listen, you can expect practical tips straight from the Word of God that are going to get you on the road to food freedom today gooey bites of deliciousness that will make you shimmy in your seat because you know that God is speaking directly to you. Are you ready? All right, grab a fork. Let's dive in. Welcome to this episode where we're looking at the no sugar diet and asking, is it biblical? This is a series of podcasts that we're doing where we're looking at popular diets of today and really holding them up against the measuring stick of God's word. In the last episode, I shared several questions that I'm going to reiterate in this episode too. In fact, almost to the point of being redundant, because I think these questions are so important. I want them to settle into your heart and mind. That way you are prepared when diet headlines come across your screen, when your friend is doing the latest and greatest diet and seeing amazing results, right? Or when she's struggling to keep up with those unrealistic expectations because we have the word of God to go back on and decide, is this diet biblical? Today, we're specifically going to talk about the no sugar diet. And oh, sis, do I have a history with this eating plan. In fact, I've coached so many women who attempted to do the no sugar diet programs and have miserably failed at it because because of what we're going to share here in just a little bit. In fact, I spent years believing that I was addicted to sugar only to realize that it was less about the food itself and more about the way I thought about the food. Imagine this scenario. You've probably been here and it's, let's say, Sunday night because that's often when we're vowing and having that last supper eating episode. And I'm telling myself that I'm no longer going to eat ice cream, cookies, brownies, cakes, candy, all these delicious things that I love. And so I eat them all so that there's none left in the house. I throw out those that I can't stuff down. And I commit to tomorrow being the day that I stick to my no sugar eating plan because clearly I can't control myself. And Monday rolls around, maybe, maybe I do all right Monday and Tuesday. In the early days of dieting, I probably could get a week or so. But the longer that I dieted, the less resilience I had to those unrealistic expectations. In fact, I was downright intolerant of that. And so let's fast forward to the later days of my dieting. It was probably Monday afternoon and I was getting a little bit of a slop and we had to run to the grocery store and I thought about something that I really wanted. So I thought, you know, I'll tell my husband, I'll just buy these sweets. He didn't know I'm on sugar fast, right? And I bring it home and I say that I'm only going to have one. I just promise myself just one. But then I want more. In fact, this is a food that I've restricted and I felt guilty for eating so long. Now that I'm eating it, I feel really bad because I promised I wasn't going to have it. And so the thing repeats again. I promise that I'm not going to eat it tomorrow. So I eat all the cookies, get them out of the house. And Tuesday looks a lot like Monday. And this feels a heck of a lot like addiction. Because there's a promise to stop, there's an inability to do so, and it's a cycle that repeats and brings on guilt and shame. But here's what we often miss. Eating was intended to be pleasurable. In fact, the Lord gave you taste buds for a reason. 
And I believe with all my heart in his foresight and his ability to use prophetic speakers in the Bible, he could have told us that in the century there would be foods that were to be avoided that we should not have. And yet we're told that all foods are clean. In fact, one of my favorite verses when I'm really struggling with what to eat and is that really a bad food is found in 1 Timothy 4. So I'm going to read the whole thing because it's very, very powerful. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. Now, by my own admission, I am not a theologian, but that word is very clear to me. Dietary restrictions do not change the heart. In fact, Jesus even said, what we eat simply goes out of the body, but what's in our heart is what comes out of our mouth. So restricting sugar is not what we would consider a biblical diet. Now, if the Lord has led you to do so, because I'm going to totally cover that, and if you're following a sugar-free diet and it has been the biggest blessing in your life, you just can't believe what God has done for you, then girl, keep at it. However, in my over a decade of coaching women, I've seen that restricting any food group has a backlash effect. In fact, it's really in effect. It gets us thinking more about food and it cuts us off from, from social relationships and really a lot of the blessings that God has for us through fellowship and serving others. So my suggestion here contemplating the sugar-free diet is to consider the fruit that that particular diet would bear in your life. This episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. Looking to give your child a well-rounded education through a Christ-centered curriculum? Classical Conversations believes education is best experienced together. To find your community today, visit classicalconversations.com forward slash graceville. And so when I talk about fruit, I'm not talking about sugar and fruit. Talk about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. When we look at a diet and we decide, is it biblical? We want to see if it's producing the fruit of the spirit in our lives. And I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer it. But for me specifically, when I found the greatest food freedom was when I stepped back from food rules and embraced the truth of God's word that all food has been made clean. Now, I have the Holy Spirit within me and I can operate in a place of marrying my wants with my wisdom. For example, if I had a particular binge food that was a sugary, delicious dessert, wisdom would probably say that I'm not going to stockpile it in my freezer along with a bunch of other goodies. However, through exercising in self-control, through really walking out in the spirit of self-control and the power of the Holy Spirit within me, I can systematically move forward to breaking down the walls that those particular foods have around me. Maybe I decide if ice cream is a trigger food for me, which it really was in the past, rather than having a tub of ice cream in the freezer that I'm going to scrape to the bottom one tiny little scoop at a time, or having a cake on the counter that I'm going to take paper thin slices and slice until it's completely gone, I would choose to have a single serving 
popsicle at home. Or to stop by the bakery and get a delicious cupcake instead of overeating the processed Chips Ahoy in the bag in my pantry, hiding from others because of guilt and shame. So I grow in my ability to have self-control around these foods as I'm aware that, number one, they're not going anywhere. These foods are readily available. They're always going to be around. That means I don't need to eat them all today. Hallelujah. They're not going anywhere, and I don't need to eat them all today. Number two, I promised myself that I was never, ever going to deprive myself of these things ever again. Notice my emphasis there. Now, this did not mean that I was going to eat them with abandon, eat them until I was sick, eat them until I was uncomfortable, or essentially idolize them by serving the food, by always going out and having it or thinking about this food all the time. However, by committing that I wasn't going to restrict it, it stopped the gasping for food that was happening by that last supper eating and that all or nothing thinking that was keeping me stuck. Then I purposefully found other ways to bring pleasure into my life. Your sugar is not the only way to feel dopamine. In fact, you can light up the same pleasure centers in your brain through good music, hugs, playing with puppies, meditating, having massage, and even getting enough sleep. In fact, have you ever read a psalm and just felt that rush of excitement and joy and peace? Well, girl, you are hit some of those dopamine pleasures as you think about really positive and amazing things. And if you're really busy and maybe you're a mom or you're retired and you're busier now than you ever imagined possible, or you have a job or you're volunteering at church and you have so much going on in your life, I feel like the only source of pleasure is food or sugar specifically. It's no wonder that you would feel addicted as you're seeking that to be your one little joy in your life. However, rather than fighting the food and trying to avoid it or cutting that all together, what if we had this approach where we understood that God said, all foods are clean. I can bring sugar into a proper balance into my life and I can bring other pleasurable activities so that I am no longer ravenous for that joy that's so temporary found in food. So I hope you found this helpful as we're looking at the no sugar diet and asking, is it biblical? We learned that the Bible says all foods are clean. Avoiding sugar is unnecessary when it is lined up with God's word. We want to seek the Holy Spirit for wisdom in our own lives specifically. But most of all, it's important to measure any dietary plan that we're going to go on any dietary change by the fruit of the spirit. If this plan, if this way of eating is producing the fruit of the spirit in our lives, then we would say that it could be a good venture. And that, my friend, is the best way to find peace in your eating and to find balance in all God has for you. Because when you bring the Lord into every area of your life, well, it changes everything. Oh, and P.S. Are you exhausted from fighting binge eating? Whew. I know how it can just drain you to always be stuck in the middle of a food fight. And the fastest way to get exhausted is to fight the battle on your own. And the truth is, a binge, well, it never happens in a peaceful environment. So rather than fighting the darkness, turn on the light. That's why I want to share with you my binge-proof action planner, which is going to help you put feet to your faith and creating a purposeful, peace-filled plan 
to overcome binge eating. Download it with the link in the show notes. Oh, just one more thing. If you have a moment, could you please, pretty please, with a sprinkle on top, go and leave us a podcast rate and review? When you do that, it's like sprinkling a special podcast fairy dust on the grace-filled Food Freedom Podcast. It lets Apple and all the other podcast apps know that this is a very helpful, very relevant podcast, and it will show it to lots more women just like you, women who need hope and need food freedom. Do you mind? Awesome. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Well, it certainly was lovely to spend some time with you, sis. I hope that you're enjoying a taste of food freedom. Now, if you're looking for more of an entree, I'd love to officially invite you to my Platinum program. It's a six-month deep dive, start-to-finish program that is going to immerse you in God's word and God's plan for food freedom. You can find out more at gracefulplate.com forward slash platinum. Be sure to check it out. I'll see you there.